Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hi everyone, welcome to The Voices in Our Heads I'm your host Christina Hutchinson And hey, pat yourself on the shoulder Do it right now unless you're like riding a horse in which case, why are you listening to a podcast? That's weird, but whatever. You do you. It's your body, your choice. Uh, pat yourself on the back for not killing yourself this week. I'm proud of you. We're, we're, we're in tough times, as you very well know. America is really getting back on that COVID track in a, in a bad way. In a way that I feel like everyone watched the news and they're like, oh, you going to reopen Florida? You sure? Yeah, you good? Okay. Okay, and then fast forward, and the thing you didn't want to happen that you don't want to be right about, you were right about. And unfortunately, it involves people getting sick and dying. So wear your mask, friends. I was going to go to, um, I had a solo trip to Ireland plan that I've talked about before, and then I, you know, COVID happened, and I was like, okay, we're going to push that back. And then uh, I pushed it back to early August. And Delta messaged me and saying like, hey, we rerouted your flight, but you can still go and it's totally fine. But you're going to be in Atlanta for like eight hours. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, this is not the time to do a solo trip. I'm pretty sure. And then I took to the gram, Instagram, at Christina Hutch. If you don't know how to spell it, you don't know me. And I don't care because I don't need you to know me. But anyway, um, uh, and I was like, hey, because I went to Google how Ireland's doing with the COVID stuff. And I got all these mixed, we're doing great, but it's okay. I'm like, okay, well, I, I, and, and the most important thing is I don't want to be a selfish American prick. There's so many selfish American pricks in this world, unfortunately. And I don't want to be one of those people that are like, mm, I needed to find myself and have like an eat, pray, love moment while I pub crawl in Ireland and go to all the Game of Thrones castles. So like, fuck you, I don't care. Um, that's not how I do. So I, I took to the Instagram and I said, hey, Ireland, hey, you guys okay? I was, I have my trip coming up and I feel like I should probably not go, right? Like, I don't know, you tell me. And then um, I love the internet. I love it and I hate it. But one of the things I love about it is you get you get news quick from the source. And a lot of people who either lived in Ireland or have family that live in Ireland, they messaged me and they're like, can you not? A couple of people were like, can you, we don't want tourists here. And I'm like, that's exactly that's all I needed to know that's all say no more say no more Irish amor that's that makes sense but um because I don't want to do that man America I wonder I've always been curious how the world sees America and man we're just as obnoxious as I fucking thought of course not all of us but there's so many and then oh my god do you know what I learned the other day yo and I, God, I, I almost feel, um, I feel silly for being, expressing how surprised I was because looking back, you know, it shouldn't be surprising because this has been happening the whole time. Um, but part of white privilege and uh, is not seeing it. I, and that's something I didn't really understand uh, until, uh, until recently. But the map, the globe, according to American schools, the American version of the globe, which is fucked up that there's an American version. A globe is a globe. There's a landmass there or it's not. It's the size that it is or it's not. But the fucking American map taught in American schools made America 
bigger than it actually is, the, the actual size of the country, and then other places like South America and Africa, they made it smaller on the map. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? I, ju- I truly, wow. I guess I am guilty of, there's this theory that um, a psychologist that Corinne and I spoke with on Guys We Fucked, her name is Dr. Jessica Taylor, talks about this theory of a just world where sometimes people just want to believe that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people and people don't lie. And if you lie, you're bad. And then you'll go to go to your room or whatever. And I, I, am, I didn't realize how, how many butterflies were floating around in my little just world head. That is so arrogant man and and the whole and i always thought since i was a kid that pride in a country i can understand pride in a country and pride in a in a culture i'm not a part of a culture i feel pride in uh the activism part of the culture i i am proud of and the honesty part of is pretty cool but um america uh, you know politicians trump living breathing example of this america's number one we're the best we're the most powerful that feels gross it, that feels gross. It feels like you got a little itty bitty weenie and you don't go down on me or finger me. You're the worst person. You're the worst kind of person. Because let me tell you something. If you had a little nub for a dick, it can be worked around. But but if you're fucking, ugh, that little dick energy, and this is not to shame people who actually have smaller penises because I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You can always prove me wrong. You're more than welcome to. That that's not all you are is your dick and that I would like to think you're good with your tongue and your fingers you know what I'm saying like it like that's why Crit and I made this rule early on that we didn't want to talk about dick size because that's not what's important but what's important is your ego and your morals and your values and your sense of humor and all this stuff but the whole we're the biggest bestest country just always felt so gross to me and now I had the, a really great conversation with Von DiCarlo who you've heard on this podcast and who I'm, I'm working on a show with and I'm always very thankful for the conversations we have and she, and and she was we were talking about patriotism and and one of the things that she was mentioning and it made me realize this or made me remember the story of there one time I was uh, walking down First Avenue and there was a giant Ford pickup truck rims were fucking balling it was one of those big trucks that you're like i know who you voted for do you know what i mean i know that there are people with giant ford trucks that didn't vote for trump and it doesn't mean you're evil i just strongly disagree with you on the core of every level with every cell in my body but um one of those giant trucks in manhattan which i rarely see and it was waving an american flag from the back like a full-size flag so it was like somebody's porch they took a flag off of somebody's porch and then put it on their truck. And then I go, this guy's going to have a Trump sticker on the back of his car. And was I right? Yes, I was. <laughs> it's a stereotype in this instance. And I was right. I was like, this guy's a Trump guy. And then he was. And he was blasting. I don't know what music he was blasting, but you could tell he wanted to piss people off. And that's the type of American ego that I really hope we can put a fire blanket over and suffocate. Not saying I want you to die, because I don't want that. I just want you to look inside yourself a little bit more, okay? I think we can all use some look inside ourselves times. And I don't mean holding a mirror up and standing over and looking inside your butthole, okay? Or your vaginal cavity. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about looking inside the hole you don't want to see, and that's your fucking heart. Okay?
so much ego to that shit. And then I saw a video about, I'm pretty sure I saw it and this wasn't a dream. I've been dreaming a lot lately. Um, Kevin, are you going to throw up? Kevin ate his frozen, I'm supposed to serve his food frozen and then he eats it too fast and then he has a body shiver and I got to get him, then I talked about it on social media and people are like, get him one of these feeders. So I'm like, okay. And then I lost the mess. I don't know what's called. I'll look it up. But poor guy. Um, what was I saying? I was watching a video that I'm pretty sure was an actual video I saw, not a dream, but of this woman uh, at a Trump rally and she was like, white lady, southern accent. And look, I know, you know, if you message me saying, why do you always do Trump supporters as southerners? Oh, I know plenty of northern Trump supporters, but a lot of those ones I see on the rally is southerners, okay? And if you are a southerner that believes in the in true equality, hell yeah, we need more of you. Racial equality, gender equality, equality of sexual orientation. But this woman was saying, she was going on a rant about how she supports Trump and she'll never back down. I voted for him. I wanted to vote for him before I even knew he was running and all that. And I'm like, that's exactly what I fucking figured. But such a big chunk of Trump supporters, it's not about him. It's about their own fragile, weak little ego of not wanting to have anybody say, I told you so. You know how much humility is in no realizing that hey maybe i didn't have the best viewpoints and now i'm changing i want to i want to create a space to encourage change and i realize it's kind of hard to do as a comedian because you just fucking make fun of everybody until you're blue in the face uh because that's really uh, we got the gift of gab but also too it's not to humiliate but because sometimes people with the ego like that this you know if you try to humiliate them that might be your your human you know your first instinct i'm gonna humiliate that person because they believe these terrible things it's only going to make them cling to their shit beliefs tighter. You know? They're only going to go, I will never if Trump fucking flew the Nazi flag and grew a Hitler stash and a KKK hood. I love him. He's my Jesus. And it's like, motherfucker, that bitch don't believe in God. First of all, he's lying to you. He doesn't care about your low income ass. He doesn't give a shit about you. And I just, what, I am like, what's an effective way to get that through somebody's head that's clinging on to their own beliefs just out of ego? Uh, the Voices in Our Heads podcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions. I'm uh, all ears, guys. I'm all ears. Hey, I'm doing two shows. Well, I'm doing the one show I'm doing um, in Long Beach, which is in Long Island, um, this Thursday, January. January? <laughs> that's where my head's at. July 16th. Thursday at 8 p.m. It's inside. It is inside. You need, these are important things you need to know. It is inside. I've been monitoring the COVID cases uh, in, in the states that I've been getting offers to play in. And I've been just, I got an offer to play North Carolina and I Googled it and Google was like, hell no. And I was like, yeah, hell no. We're not, we're not doing that. This is, they don't have the cases under control and they're not taking the proper precautions. So I'm not fucking encouraging an indoor gathering with that. And so, um, Long Beach, Long Island, there's this restaurant called Anchor Tavern, and I, Ryan Reese, who's hosting the show, is a comedian, uh, showed me a picture of the stage. It is elevated and far away from the people. You will be, there will be social distancing inside. Um, you will be required to wear a mask except when you eat and drink, and the tables will be spread out, and we're going to do it. So it's going to be myself, Ryan Reese, Mateo Lane, and Mark Normand. I mean, this the lineup is fucking insane. I'm very 
nervous. This is my very first spot back. Um, 8 p.m. I'm going to put the info in the description of this podcast, but um, there's a phone number to call for tickets. I think they're 20 bucks or 25 bucks. Uh, and I believe it's 18 and up. I don't think you have to be 21, but call that number. It's going to be on the description of today's episode, okay? And then Buffalo, New York. I am headlining Helium Comedy Club in Buffalo, New York. Um, Thursday, July 23rd through Sunday, July 26th. I'm doing six shows. They're at, and they were, they're doing the same thing because I, I wanted to make sure that they were taking the proper precautions. And if you don't feel comfortable coming, please do not come. I don't, I don't ever want to, I'm not going to be like, fucking pussy. No, try, I, I did my due diligence in making sure that this is something I was comfortable promoting. The comedy club is seating everybody far away from each other, limited capacity. They're, they're cutting half of the seats or a majority or not a majority, but like half or 40% of the seating. Um, you have to wear masks, same as this Long Beach show. You have to wear masks except when you're eating and drinking. Um, obviously no meet and greets. There's going to be hand sanitizer. They sanitize everything. So we're going to see if that works. The cases are going drastically down. Kevin's carrying my shoe. He's very strong. Um, and so uh, I'm going to do it. Um, but again, if you clearly, if you're not feeling well, please do not come. If you are immuno, if you're immune compromised, I, I don't recommend coming. I, but even though this shit affects everyone, doesn't matter. I don't, what's true? What's not? What's up? What's down? Is this real life? Or are we in the matrix? I, I don't know. You tell me. My fucking guess is as good as yours. And vice versa, y'all. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be doing those shows and, oh, Kevin, you took my notepad. Uh, Kevin, uh. Kevin, you suck. I love you so much. Never change. Kevin, what'd you do with my sticky notes? Fucking whatever. Uh, what I was about to say before I noticed that my first son removed my notepad is, let's do some fuckboy theater. Let's do some fuckboy theater. This is a fuckboy conversation <laughs> between a guy and a gal. Okay. Um, and the guy's name is Nick. The matter, because uh, there's a shitload of Nicks in the world. Sorry. Um, and a girl. And this is the conversation. This is a fuckboy theater between a girl who's probably perfect and wonderful and a shithead. I'm just kidding. Um, ready? Okay. Let me get. Let me take a breath. Okay. Hey, hey, what's up? Just laying in bed, kind of tired, but not ready to sleep yet. You? Just got back from dropping my little girl off at her mom's house. So now I'm sitting here bored as fuck. I'm pretty bored myself. Yeah, where you, where you be staying at? In my apartment, LMAO. LMAO figured that, but like, what town? Linton. Oh yeah, that's damn near around the corner. Why? Where? Where are you from? Bruceville. <laughs> Sounds like a made-up town that a narcissist named Bruce made up. Bruceville. Uh, I have no idea where that is. Like twenty minutes away. Like, so what's up? You try and let an MF come kick it with you tonight? I guess it means motherfucker. Normally, I wouldn't care, but I don't really know you, and it's not really safe. No offense to you or anything, but yeah. LOL, safe? Question mark? And how else to get to know someone better than kick it with them? 
Yes, safe. I live alone and it's 1 a.m. I prefer to talk to someone for more than just five minutes before I invite them to my home. It's wise. It's wise. LOL. That wasn't funny. I'ma just keep it real with you. Crying laughing face emoji. I thought you was cute and was basically trying to fuck from time to time. So if that's not some you're interested in, then IDK, crying laughing face emoji, crying laughing face emoji. I mean, I don't care if I have a FWB, but regardless, my safety comes first. And seeing as I don't know you other than the five minutes I have talked to you, I really don't feel comfortable inviting you to come over at 1 a.m. LOL. I mean, that's cool. And FWB, question mark, question mark. I don't even know what that means. It means friends with benefits. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, IG, I'll hit you up tomorrow. Okay, but nothing will change. I am not inviting any guy over or giving them my address when I don't know them. Shrug emoji. Appropriately placed emoji. Good job. LOL. That's cool. I don't really know how you're supposed to get to know someone over phone. Because really, they can tell... You whatever you wanna, period. Here, question mark. <laughs> I like to see your facial feature. Just one. When I talk to someone, when I talk to someone so I can read them and see if they truthful or lying. And he spelled lying, L-I-E-I-N-G. Is that how you really spell it? No, it's not right. Okay. And I like to be safe. Smiley face emoji with a tear coming out of it. <laughs> Okay, LOL. Okay. Okay, well, I could see this is never going to go anywhere, and you're only going to want to talk over phone, so I'm going to head out. Dude, it's 1.30 in the morning, LMAO. Why would I invite some stranger to my home? See ya. LMAO. Just so you know, LMAO means laughing my ass off. Guys, we're butchering this uh, little collection of words, letters. LMAO, I didn't have to come over tonight, but you make it sound like you not finna kick it, let someone come kick it with you. Crying, laughing face emoji, crying, laughing face emoji. All right, well, I'm tired and don't have to, don't have time to sit and explain myself and I really don't want to. And then that's the end of the conversation, but then she sent me a screenshot of his Tinder bio Oh, oh boy. Does Nick have a chin strap? You're goddamn right he does. You're goddamn right he does. Is he in his main profile picture holding a trout that he has just caught while giving the one in the pink, two in the stink sign with his hands? Of course. What else would he be doing? What else would Nick be doing but holding up a fish he caught? And then, what's, what is his bio? You want to know what Nick's bio says? It's short and sweet. It's short and sweet. Nick's bio says, <laughs> Nick's bio says, can't spell menu without me, space, the word, the letter N, and the letter U, in parentheses. So what's up? You hungry? What the fuck? And scene.
and singing and singing. I mean, wow, guys. I did get a BFA 19. Thank you. Really channeled the character. What? What? <sighs> you know? And I bet you, I fucking bet you, I know who he voted for, motherfucker. Bernie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, why that Kevin, don't you goddamn dare. Why are people I mean, people are just they're not self-aware. And then you got these videos. I was just talking about this to my manager. I was talking to my manager on the phone earlier. And it was those crazy Karen accounts that I mentioned, those I, I like I really gotta be in a certain zone to be able to watch that and not have a full like panic silent panic attack because it, it gives me anxiety seeing people that unaware and it and it's and it also slightly triggers me with my mom a little bit not that not that she would do that but she sometimes has these uh we'll get in these zones where it's and, and this is everybody like so many people but like you just fucking don't see what the actual problem is and you just blame it on other people that's uh, that's also a trait that I just I just truly can't stand and it and it makes me nuts. I don't know if it's a trigger from that or what, but so so these videos are fucking wild. But these Karen videos of the and it's the Karen taking the video. I cannot. I swear to fucking God, y'all. I swear to God, y'all. I want to be face to face with one of these bitches. Oh, that would be one of the best days of my life. It really would because I want this these videos. The Karen is taking the video and she's at whatever fuck store who cares about the safety of its customers and won't let you in without a mask. And it's these videos, there's so many of them. And I really want to believe that no way, no way a human being is that much of an arrogant piece of shit. No way. But girl, boy, they way, motherfucker, fucking way. There's these, these Karens are doing selfie videos and they're like, I'm outside a Costco and I was going to buy bulk cheese balls and pot, whatever the fuck I was going to, and this is the manager and he will not let me in without a mask. Actually, the one I recently watched, the woman had like a Northeast accent and I was like, man, even here, like I'm outside, I'm outside of Costco and they won't let me in without a mask and it is my God given right. Who the fuck made you king, you bitch? I want to be the the arrogance of that chick and do I mean it's certainly not it's certainly not specific to gender my god did you hear the fuckboy conversation but the arrogance of like it is my right have you ever given a shit about somebody else in a, a day in your life lady I want to be there and one of the other things that I think with that's that's being talked about a lot the sentiment with with black lives matter which should never stop being talked about ever we should be talking about racism a lot okay because that's how we understand it and get it to go away but these videos of these women calling these white women calling feeling threatened there was a um thing i reshared the other day about um white people weaponizing feeling threatened and i'm like that's exactly what it is it's fucking bullshit i want to be present when a fucking Karen does that shit, because I will verbally annihilate her, everybody. I will fuck, oh, I wanna do it so bad, because man, I've been cooped up in my home watching these Karen videos just swelling up. And I am ready to do the due diligence that white people in America need to be doing, and that's speaking the fuck up when another white person does this shit.
Because obviously the reason that they're totally okay, not only being filmed, but filming themselves as if they're right, is <laughs> because people let them get away with it. Well, other other white people, sorry, other white people, because the, pro- the part of their problem is they don't look at black and brown people as humans. So their opinions don't fucking matter. So it is our job as the good whiteies, and even the good whiteies, you're still racist, deal with it and accept it, and that's how you move on and you heal. Have to say something to the shitty racist whiteies. We gotta say something, guys. And I'm like, I'm like fucking in a boxing ring in the corner. I've been training my whole fucking life for this motherfucking shit. I am ready to go to town on a Karen. I'm ready to go to town. I'm ready to go to town. Okay. I'm walking around looking for the Karens because I'm like, I'll fucking say something. And bitch, I know exactly because let me tell you something. We are one of, there's so many terrible things about having the the person that America has for their president. But man, the book that his niece, Mary Trump, who is a psychologist, Kevin, don't bark, I'm talking. Um, She's a psychologist, stop it. Psychologist in the family, obviously grew up with this motherfucker. And and, and the way she's describing how he was treated by his father, Fred or whatever the fuck is creepy. God, that man looks like a villain in a movie. I mean, it's it's like somebody in the props department at Saturday Night Live made a skull and put it on somebody's head and like, this is the bad guy. And like, oh yeah, clearly. Because whose skull's shaped like that? That's what John Tom's dad looks like. It's very wild. But the abuse <clears throat> that Donald Trump suffered under him, the, the, the dad, uh, 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 I'm not even going to say allegedly, I don't give a shit. The dad was abusive towards him and yet gave him power. So that developed some sick fucking thing. And then you go, because I, I knew the second this motherfucker said he was going to run for president and started the debates and started saying stupid shit that he's been saying forever. But it's like, you know, when you're running for presidential candidate, you think, you know, clean up your act. But no, but it's we are looking at the direct effect of unresolved childhood trauma. And part of me is like, yo, bitch, I knew this was the key to understanding how, you know, the ways in which our society's fucked up is really delving in and talking about childhood trauma. And we are we have a president, oh, so sad, that is the poster child of unresolved, unlooked at by him, because that's the important part, childhood trauma, abuse, neglect. And now he's a piece of shit. And he talks about, he has ego, and he goes... You could be wearing an orange shirt. And he's like, that's the best yellow shirt. Donald, it's orange. No, it's yellow and I love it, but it's orange. Nope, yellow. And I'm like, when is it going to, when, when are we going to finally see a press conference where a, a reporter, you know, talks at a turn and goes, you're fucking crazy. Can we talk about that? You're a narcissist who vehemently dodges facts. Like just fucking, I mean, that's not going to get it to work, but like, I don't know, man. It's just look at look at what unresolved trauma can do and look at what having no self-esteem, which can come from childhood trauma, can do. Okay? Damn. I don't even remember what I was talking about. I'm so mad. Oh. All right, let me talk about something lighter. I got to, woo, I got to pendulate, baby. I got to pendulate. I really can't recommend um, aggressive lip syncing behind your medical mask in public enough, guys. Oh my God. Yes. The other day I was at, I was at an outdoor show. I went to like see it. And then I walked home 
And Kevin's not a great walker because he wants to smell every little blade of grass. And I'm like, well, okay. We, we have two different paces, but I will adjust to yours. Uh, respect. When I walk by myself and I have the mask, I walk with my mask on even if no one's around. Um, and one of the reasons I do it is because I can aggressively lip sync. And then when you're wearing sunglasses, ain't nobody see your fucking face. You could do whatever you want. You could like silently yell at somebody and they won't even, strangers won't even know. That's not to say in New York, you really can do anything. And people are like, yeah, that's happening. You could take a shit in the middle of the road and while you're playing the violin and people all look up and be like, oh shit, that's weird. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the deli. You know what I mean? Like just the weirdest things happen and you're not really looked at as weird. But but it for whatever reason, this medical mask not only protects me and others from possibly spreading COVID, but it brings down a little wall by putting a paper one up and it allows me to to let go a little and violently, aggressively lip sync. Oh, I got back into Incubus again. <sighs> Damn, dude. I love Incubus. There's this song called Warning. And I remember when I listened to it when I was like in high school or middle school, I just got like goosebumps all over. I just love that song and I love the message. And I was listening to it again. And I'm like, oh my God, this song is so relevant. This song is so fucking relevant. One of the verses, he's like, I suggest we learn to love ourselves before it's made illegal. When will we learn? When will we care? Just in time to see it all come down. Oh, what's that lyric? Um, Writing book. Uh, 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 fuck. Something about, um, uh, whatever. I'll, I'll look it up later. I'll play it at the end of this episode. You'll hear it. It's just a really great song. I love the message. And it's so well sung. And the uh, guy, oh God, guys have hot singing voices. So sexy. So sexy. I really do think it's so hot. Let's do Kevin, Kevin, I swear to God, that's my hair towel. Kevin, he just fucking, when I'm not paying attention to him, ooh -hoo. And now Kevin has been weed poisoned. Well, so that's, uh, I'm assuming it's that. Kevin tried to get into, I, I've designated weed area in my apartment now, where that's the only place I can pack and smoke the weed. And it's in my upstairs bathroom. And I fucking put a towel over the door, the crack of the door. So that, and I wet the towel and I put it over the door so that like I truly hotbox myself in. I feel like I'm in college. It's kind of nice. And um, and then I take a bath and then I smoke a little blunt and I blow it through a toilet paper tube that has been emptied. But then I put a dryer sheet over it with a ponytail holder so you rub it through that because I'm like, I swear to God. And then Kevin, I open the door for a second to like get a bottle of water because again, I was hotboxing myself, taking a hot bath. Great idea. No. Uh, and, and then Kevin tried to get in to my weed area and I was like, Kevin, I swear to Christ, Kevin, I swear to Jesus H Christ, I will not allow you to be possessed by the devil's grass for a third time, not on my very diligent watch. And then uh, because I hotboxed myself, I got like way too stoned and I was like, I don't like this. And then, um. But then I was like, I'm going to do a salt scrub because I have all these bath products that I never use. So I'm like, I'm going to take a time to do a fucking salt scrub. And I didn't realize that I had cuts on my hands from what? I don't know. But then I like literally rubbed salt in my wounds and it fucking hurt. Owie wowie, baby. But I was so stoned and I was like, ow. And then I laughed because I was like, wow. I keep saying out loud. I'm like, wow, I like literally rub salt in my wounds. Like literally just rubbed it in my wounds. And I had to put it on my body. I did, couldn't do half my body, so I did the other half, but my hands had cuts on them. So I'm like, I'm rubbing salt, literally rubbing salt in my wounds. <laughs> and then 
And then I stopped laughing about it. Oh, here's some shit. Here's some New York shit, guys. Here's some New York shit. I live in a, I live in a, a triplex apartment. Technically, two and a half stories. First floor. Bottom floor is in the basement. And when you live on the first floor, you know, uh, you get roaches, you get mice. That's happened before. <clears throat> but not what happened to me the other day. That's a new one. I've been living in this apartment for 10 goddamn years. And I, what I saw the other day, as I was about to lay my adorable little head down to the pillow at 3.40 a.m. to finally go to bed. Because I had to get up early the next day because Justin Silver and I were taking the dogs to New Paltz, New York, where they could run around and I can just cry tears of joy at my baby being happy and loving the grass. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. I got Kevin down, washed my face. Again, really care a lot about my skin. That's why I never go to Great Jones Spa. It's the devil's facial. And I have a whole nightly routine with my skincare. And I did that. And I did, you know, I have to wrap my hair because the curls and you fucking, a lot of maintenance, but whatever. I like doing it. I, I, I find solace in it because I was forced to because I was originally bored. And I was like, I want to have more fun. So I go to lay my head down. And I don't know why. I looked over to the side of my bed <clears throat> and there was a there is a baby on the floor. There is a baby creature on the floor. And I was like, that's a baby mouse on my floor. That was just fucking born. But my first reaction was, are you fucking kidding me? So tired. And But I know me. Christina nurtures baby animals that she finds on the sidewalk. Hutchinson will not leave a creature's side because I love all God's creatures, y'all. Except the roaches because I will kill them violently and scream like I'm a warrior very unnecessary um but mice i'm not gonna kill they're cute i know they're dirty and they carry disease but you know what we carry diseases too covid19 boom suck my dick so i i was like oh my god this and it was alive i was so, I was so glad it was alive and not dead because i cannot see dead stuff y'all freaks me the fuck out it just makes me so sad. And it was this little baby mouse and it was like missing its mom and it was like open, it, it, the eyes were closed and it was opening its mouth as if to suck on a teat. And I was like, ah, oh, my nipple's the size of your body. You can't, I'm not, I'm not going to do that anyway. But like, I did think about it for a second because I'm fucking psycho. And, and so I brought it upstairs and I was like, God damn it. And I brought the little guy upstairs and I took a tissue box and I, I cut the, tish, the top off of the tissue box and I put tissues in it, and then I put my little friend in there. His name's Hector. And uh, I'm assuming it was a guy, but who fucking knows? And it was so cute, and I looked up online, what can baby mice eat? Because I'm not doing dairy. I'll only had oat milk, and that's not going to require the nutrition. And then one of the things that I saw on, the we on, a, on a website was if you boil peas and then skin them, shell them or whatever, you can put them in a straw and give it. So I was a fucking 4 a.m. Staring at my new friend Herman in his brand new tissue box house that I made, boiling peas for him and then peeling them individually and shoving them down a fucking straw. And then I go, Christina, this is what your therapist is always talking about. You give too much, okay? But then I was like, to which I responded to myself, but Christina, I can't let this little mouse, I can't, I have to do something about it. But then I eventually settled on, look, I tried to give it the peas and it wasn't really eating it because I'm like, I feel like this thing was just born. Uh, I don't know that it wants a pee, but it was licking it. And I was like, well, okay. And then I put, I made, I took the tissue box home and I took, put the top on it, but I, I had a neon sticky note and I was like, I wrote on the sticky note. I'm like, I found this mouse 
and and I don't want to kill it, but I don't know what to do. Can someone do something with it? And I put it out on the sidewalk at 5 a.m. by the time I was done shelling all those fucking peas. And, and then, because um, I had to leave for the day, the next day, and I did, and I came back, and the, the box was gone, so, and but then I texted my, t- my super, Tony, he's one of my favorite people, he lives across the hall from me, I love Tony so much, he's my dude, fucking love Tony, because I, I took pictures and put it up on the gram, the stories, because I was like, well, this is fucking content if I ever saw it, put it up on the gram, and then uh, after my day in the woods with the dogs, I got all these, I read all my messages and they're like, yeah, that's a rat. That's a hundred percent a baby rat. And I was like, no, it's not. And then after like the 27th, that's a baby rat, Christina. I was like, where? And so I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, that's a baby rat. Okay. Okay. Well, rats are really smart. And I used to want a rat as a pet because I looked up on YouTube videos, rats doing tricks and it's really fucking cool. Okay. So, and then I realized, well, there's a baby rat. Just, it didn't fall from the ceiling. It had a mom and a dad who left it because that's rat culture, y'all. And then maybe there's more babies. So now I'm just, I, I texted my super Tony when I came back and I was like, hey, dude, I uh, found a baby rat in my room last night. So if you wouldn't mind calling the exterminator or like give me the number I could do it. And I just want to figure out where the holes are because my bedroom is very clean and it has, it's, it's big for New York City. It is a very large bedroom. I don't have much in it. Because I wanted to create a zen space for me to like fucking sleep, okay? And I did. And so, and I and I clean it often because again, little Kevin getting into those devil's grass and you can never tell if there's a little leaf on my shoe that got on the floor and then he licks it and my baby's falling over having seizures, dribbling urine out of his big ass wang. So it's, I keep it very clean and I clean it constantly. So I would see something like that. And then I texted Tony. I'm like, hey, it's a baby rat. And Tony was like, please don't say baby rat. Please say baby mouse. I'm like, I mean, I could, but it's a baby rat. And then I remembered the first um, 10 years ago when I moved in here, um, I had two roommates who I love so much. Their names are Jesse and Julie. Shout out. Fucking love those chicks so much. They're just dope chicks. And um, there was an instance where we had a mouse infest- infestation is pretty much the word of, for it. Because I remember in the pantry, uh, in the hallway of our apartment, there uh, was a little beep, 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 like, you know, chirp, not chirping. That's a bird. There was whatever sque- squeaks that mice make. And uh, and then I remember I opened the pantry because we had seen a mouse run across the floor and Jesse and Julie were not having it and I was like I mean okay I don't know it just didn't I don't know why it didn't bother me because I think there's so cute and so I called Tony over and then because if you were to I opened my pantry door and I saw multiple baby mice and one of them oh my god they were like grown enough to have fur one of them had a little oat they they ripped open um (laughs) my dinosaur egg maple and brown sugar oatmeal because I am a child so fucking good you get to watch the eggs hatch Fuck you, all you haters. And it had a little piece of the oatmeal and it was just holding it with its little hands and it was eating it. And I was like, oh God, that's cute. But you know, everyone was screaming and I was like, yeah, I gotta call Tony. Call Tony, he comes over here. Tony's a big dude, grown man, love this dude so much. He comes over and he, I was like, oh, they're in there, Tony. And he opens up the the doors to my pantry and there's all these little baby mice. And he, he goes, ah, and he screams and shuts the doors and runs out of my apartment. And I was like, all right, we're, okay, yeah. We gonna do something? I didn't realize he was going to get the sticky traps. Oh, that's 
sucks because then he put him in and then i was like tony what's gonna happen in the mouth he's like they're gonna get stuck i'm like no i don't want to see that and then unfortunately i made the terrible decision of uh later seeing one with his little cute little head stuck to the trap i can't even talk about this guys it was so sad so i hope herman herman is alive in my head he's alive and he's well and he's hanging out with parrots and having all these unlikely animal friendships and a and a human parental figure that loves him and takes care of him that's the world i would like to that's the that's the false lie i'm gonna tell myself because i gotta sleep at night right but man a baby rat that means there's a mama rat somewhere and she gotta leave you know what i mean fucked up i replaced uh I've replaced a lot of my television watching at night because I used to watch, you know, CNN at night. Terrible decision. Let's have some sweet dreams. Everything's shit. Okay, I'm going to uh, not do that then. I've, I signed up for Masterclass. This is not an ad. I don't got sponsors. I should, uh, but I don't have them. If you call me, I don't know. Um, but I've always wanted to sign up for Masterclass, and I fucking did. I think it's only like twelve ninety nine a month. Yo, that shit is worth it. I'm taking a creative writing class for Margaret Atwood and a poetry class from Billy Collins. And I have all these other classes I want to take. Man, learning is so fun. And I always thought, I'm like, man, I wish I did high school and college and all that shit in my 20s because that's when I could actually pay attention. I couldn't pay attention in school in, when, I was, when I was in it. And I hated the mornings. But I love learning so much and I really missed out on, on, all, on a lot of it because I wasn't paying attention. Um, so I love this masterclass and I highly recommend it, man. Especially if you quarantine as hell, which you should be, especially if you're in America. <sighs> Kevin, don't bite my wire, swear to God. I highly recommend the masterclass. God, learning is fun and they do it so well, so well produced. Another thing, New York City, way creepier at night now. I've lived here for a long time. I have walked home in the middle of the night in a fucking underwear and didn't feel unsafe. And now I'm like, oh, we are not going to go down that road past that hour. It's so interesting. I feel a part of me feels like this is a, a theory that is not backed by any information. This is just in my head. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that's had this theory, so I'm not claiming to be original. But I feel like the police and the NYPD are like, oh, you want to defund us? Fuck you. We're not policing. Motherfuckers, read a little bit, okay? Because you have to make drastic uh, uh, dreams to get fucking get a little bit of what you want. And also, no one is saying that we don't need people to be responding to violent crimes. But the way our policing is in this country is racist and disgusting. And then in, I think, something like 23 states, 20-something states, it is legal for a police officer to have sex with a, a, a person in their custody. What? And I don't even think it's that it's, like, there's no thing. I don't, I got to look this up. I'm talking out of my ass and I don't want to do that. I want to be informed. But I'm like, I, in 23 states, it's legal. Is there a certain sentence that says, guys, you can fuck your prisoners? Like, is it, a, is it not only, like, is it that or is it there's just nothing about sexual conduct with a with a somebody in your uh, you've detained? Is it either it wasn't mentioned, so we need to do a law that mentions it, or is it like you can have sex with that person? Cause guess what? A lot of time it's rape. It's fucking rape. Ugh, 
gross. We got an email. Corinne and I got an email once on Guys We Fucked from this woman who, oh, so fucking mad when I read this email. This woman got pulled over. I forget what. I think it was in Colorado or somewhere in the middle of the country like that. And uh, uh, a police officer removed her fucking tampon. She got pulled over for speeding. She got, was told to step out of the car and they did a, a male police officer patted her down and a male police officer removed her tampon. I motherfucker, if you, woo, wow. And I, part of my white privilege is that I, the first time I ever got pulled over in my life, it was because I honked at a cop because he cut in front of me without a blinker. This is some white privilege shit that I, I didn't, I, and, I, and I, at the time, I didn't understand it, but oh man, now I do. Fucking a cop cuts in front of me without his blinker. I honk at him because I had a real bad temper driving back then. I was like 17 or 18. And then he pulls, he pull, puts lights on, pull me over. And he goes, this is, this is some white privilege shit, you guys. He goes, you know why I, pull, why I pulled you over? I'm like, yeah, why didn't you use your blinker? You're a cop. You're supposed to signal. Just because you're a cop doesn't mean you cut in front of me. And then the guy wasn't, I was kind of a dick to the guy, God. And I wasn't a cocky kid at all, but I was like, I get, I got really mad when people didn't follow the rules. Like you have to use your blinker, specifically the blinker thing, because so people used to pull in front of me. And I'm like, well, now I have to be a defensive driver. I was young, but I was, he asked me why he pulled me over and I asked him why he didn't use his blinker. And then he basically was like, all right, have a good one. Don't do that. That is some white privilege shit, dude. And I'm hearing all of this. So, I mean, there's always been horror stories about the cops murdering black people. Uh, just, oh, just the, the most disgusting stories. And then I also hear stories of cops sexually assaulting everybody, not, you know, every single person in their custody. And I can't repair the, repeat this enough. I'm so glad Von DiCarlo said this on the uh, episode she was on. A few bad apples, the end of that phrase is spoils the bunch. So if you're sitting there and your dad's a good cop or you yourself are a good cop, cool. That's, you're supposed to be. You don't get a fucking award for that. Thank you for doing the thing you pledged to fucking do. There's too many bad ones, guys. There's too many bad ones. And it makes me think about my personal experiences with them and go, oh, man. Can I open the door for you, man? Like, the fucking, you want to eat my ass, officer? Eat my ass. Okay. Like, that's how respectful they were to me. I think back on those interactions, I'm like, fuck. And it's certainly not to say that just because they were respectful to me doesn't necessarily mean they're racist, but the odds are pretty much, if I had to bet, I would bet on, yeah, they're probably racist. Because worst case, I'm wrong, and then they're not. Yay, everyone wins, you know? There is a report, uh, CNN was doing a report on uh, Disneyland, Disneyland in Florida opened and it, and it, and it let, me, let me just preface, it. Let, me, let me talk about this story first. Disney announces, this is an NPR article, Disney announces redesign of Splash Mountain after some call, uh, some call the ride themes racist. And here's some of the article. Uh, Splash Mountain, a Disney theme park staple ride, is undergoing a design change in response to complaints about its association with the film Song of the South. Disney announced in a statement on Thursday that the ride would be rethemed and focused on the 2009 animated film The Princess and the Frog, which was the first black princess featured in a Disney movie. Took them long enough. 2009. 
Change.org petition says the log flume ride. So, hey, those petitions actually do have an impact. So keep fucking signing them. It's the least you can do, okay? The least. Change.org petition said that the log flume ride, versions of which are in Disney parks in Florida, California, and Japan, is steeped in extremely problematic and stereotypical racist tropes from the 1946 film. That petition, which called for the redesign, announced Thursday, has received more than 200, or I'm sorry, 20,000 signatures. Only, um, so fuck yeah. So a Change.org petition, petition received 20,000 signatures, which is, I mean, I've seen some that are in the millions, so that's great that they gave a shit. The statement made clear that Splash Mountain will be redesigned to Disneyland and Disney World. It did not make mention the version of the ride that exists in Tokyo. Former Disney CEO Bob Iger has acknowledged that the Song of the South, whose characters are depicted in an animatronic portion of the ride, is, quote, not appropriate in today's world. Uh, he said in March, because it's, it's racist, because it's racist. And back then, no one said anything, except probably black people were like, can you not disrespect our humanity? And pe white people were like, did you hear something? But now we're actually respecting people's humanity a little bit in these little ways. And that's good. The film combines live action and animation, blah, blah, blah. So this film's race. Oh, okay. So animation elements and is set on a Georgia plantation after the Civil War. Uh, it's not going to be included in the Disney Plus platform anymore. Awesome. Cool. I, and I do not think that is censoring. That That is... I, I, I think it's important to understand how culture has changed and oh wow we were once comfortable talking about this um, like a lot of stand-up comedians male stand-up comedians uh, in the 80s 90s uh, were very sexist uh, for just an example and now they're not and so you look back and you go it's interesting for me personally but again it's probably part of a privilege because I'm white but uh, to look back and go wow man the way the way it was acceptable to talk about women on stage and no one really did anything that's it's interesting to me and so so they took that off their that movie off their thing so i say this to say i say this to say that i was watching cnn as your girl does but not in it anymore they reported that the day disney opened they there were cnn reporters there and um and, and they were, there was a CNN reporter, had a mask on, was talking about all the precautions that he's making and how there's no lines for the rides. And I'm sure everyone's jerking off over that. And because uh, it does sound kind of cool, but like COVID, you know what I mean? It's like, be safe. So, and then, but then the CNN reporter, because this is what made me look up that article I just referenced in the first place. The CNN reporter says there's, uh, n there's no type of line anywhere in the park except one place and it is to buy merchandise for the original splash mountain before they do the makeover and i'm like are you motherfucking i mean it's not surprising i'm gonna stop being surprised i'll be surprised in private and then i'll come back and be like yeah it's fucked up but i'm like wait why why was there only a line to buy merchandise for the splash mountain before they redo it that makes no sense and then i looked it up found that npr article and i was like are you kidding me Ew, dude. Okay, I want to talk about something silly now because I got a pendulate, y'all. I got a pendulate. My friend Ryan Reith, we got a drinks at the um, Olive Tree Cafe uh, to have some sense of normalcy. All the restaurants in New York um, are doing outdoor dining. So we went and got the Olive Tree Cafe uh, on McDougal Street has one of the best vodka extra dirty martinis I've ever put in my fucking mouth. And uh, so we were there shooting the shit. 
and uh, and then David Tell came over with his friend, and I was like, oh my god, David Tell, I miss you. Hi, it was so good to see him. Oh, so good to see him. And he was like, hey, and he brought his food. And then we went. We, he's like, you want guys want to walk to get ice cream? I'm like, yes, David Tell, I do. And we went to walk and get ice cream. And, and Dave's uh, friend that he was with and I went in to get it. And they were like talking on the side because there was this long line. And then the, one of the ladies that worked at the ice cream place um, said to us, because we were out line, in a line outside, like, you guys are going to be the last ones. And then she made everybody else go home. There's a shitload of people behind us. And we're like, what? Oh, my God. That's so cool. We like really lucked out. And then inside the girl the, by the register, there was a girl trying to come in behind us. She's like, please, my friends really want ice cream. And the girl was like, we're closed. This We said these are the last people we're serving. We're closed. Like, stop. No. And and then she was like, please. And I was like, oh, is this a fucking Karen situation? Because the girl behind the counter was black. And I was like, are you going to fucking, if you fucking give this girl behind the counter an attitude, I will annihilate you verbally. Because I'm like, bitch, go home. Go to a deli. Get Ben and Jerry's. Do not disrespect this woman working. But then she was like, okay, bye. And I was like, well, that's good. That's good. I'd rather go that way. But um, anyway, it's so so the the woman seemed like she was a little stressed because I guess a lot of people have been had been saying that. And so like wanting to get in last minute. And so we were in. We were the last customers. I, I had to get an ice cream cone for myself. And then Ryan wanted the same thing. And so at the end, I was like, oh, can I have two cones, two of those cones with the chocolate scoop? And then she gave me an ice cream cone with a scoop in it and then one without a scoop in it. And I was like, oh, no, can I have like a – I didn't mean like a double cone thing. I meant like two separate – and. She said, she was like, oh, but I can't split the scoop. And I, and I was like, huh? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it, whatever. And so I walk out of here with one ice cream cone with a scoop on it and one empty cone. And I gave it to Ryan. And I was like, this is all I have for you. I'm sorry. And I laughed about that for like an hour. I just thought it was so funny. Do you think it's funny? Okay, whatever. So I wanted to... Um, do uh, uh the next several episodes are going to be doing a deep dive into Nathaniel Brandon's six pillars of self-esteem because I really truly believe that if human beings on this planet had more self-esteem true self-esteem true self-esteem not the in vogue fashionable like I think I picture my butt's so, like I love myself no bitch self-esteem true self-esteem the world would be a better place I know that for a fact it's the whole Put your mask on in the airplane that's you're in that's crashing before you put the mask on the kid next to you. That whole concept, but said better. You know what I mean? Um, it's that. You have to do work inside yourself in order to be in good working order for you, for your friends, for your family, for society. Okay? Why are you alive if you don't want to be a better, if you don't want to get better and learn more about yourself? I truly, I don't understand why you're alive. Don't kill yourself. Please don't. Uh, but but what is life if not to better yourself? Okay. And then I was supposed to start buying books for people over the weekend and I didn't get to it. So because you know what? <laughs> well, I have. So I have. <clears throat> I just want to read. I'm going to I'm going to start the, the deep dive really next week because um, I overestimated how much time I would have versus how much time I want to have versus how much time I actually have. It's a big problem for me that I'm finally not shaming myself for. Yay, throw me a party. I already did. Don't worry about it. Um, but these are some quotes from the beginning of the book that are that are so poignant to me because I listened I've listened to this book so many times. And I will be buying you guys the copies, the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com. Um, with all the info that I mentioned last week. And don't ask me what it was. Go back and find it. Press rewind. Help me help you by just helping yourself. You know what I mean? But um 
give me all that information. I'll buy you the book. I'll buy you. It might be a used copy depending on how many people request it because I want to make sure, you know. But whatever, it's fine. Um, but I, I really, I really think we're at this weird fucking time in the world, in history and culture that we can make it so much better. And an interview, Crit and I were on this guy's podcast. Um, his name is Mark Groves. And um, he's a relationship guy. And he's a straight dude who gets like the best relationship advice, truly. And it's really refreshing to see a straight guy like so in tune with himself and people. Um, we were on his podcast and um, what was it? Oh, fuck. Why am I losing my thoughts? You know what it is? Fucking Kevin stared at me. Kevin staring at me. Um, oh, well, we were just talking about self-esteem and, self -con and confidence and, and what r real confidence is. And we were just having this conversation about uh, truly if you work, do the work within yourself, you will be – it's just the I, – I, I really think – I really think and I'm only basing this off of a very strong feeling that I feel in every single cell of my body. But we could decrease drastically the amount of – sexism and racism which is systematic that we can't decrease by feeling good about ourselves that has to be systematically changed we need a new system but the forms of hatred like these these videos of these people screaming and denying other people's humanity it's so disgusting one of the things that's at the core of that is they don't have any self-esteem because if you have self-esteem you don't go through the world throwing your pain at people you know you deal with it like a grown-ass person. So here's some just quotes at the top of the book, and I'm going to go into the each. I'm going to do a pillar. I'm going to do a pillar a week. I'll some say some shit at the top of the show, and at the end of the show, I'll be like, "These are some favorite quotes I love." But one of the first things he says in this book is the turbulence of our times. He wrote this in I think it was in the '90s. The turbulence of our times requires a strong self with a clear sense of identity, confidence, and worth. Oh, man, Nathaniel Brandon, you thought that was turbulent? <laughs> this book's so important. It is, uh, we're in a dangerous moment in history not to know who we are or not to trust ourselves. The civility we cannot find in the world, we must create within our own persons. To face life with low self-esteem is to be at a severe disadvantage. And also, people who don't like themselves are miserable. Really. I love what he said. He says, self-esteem has become fashionable, which, uh, and it does not mean, which means it's not truly understood. When, some, when an idea is fashionable, it's not really grasped the way it needs to be grasped. If we're careless in our thinking, then the subject will suffer a fate worse than being ignored. The subject meaning self-esteem. If we are careless in our thinking then the subject of self-esteem will suffer a fate worse than being ignored. It will be trivialized. What? That's a big quote. That's a big, that's some truth. And he talks about there's two dangers of self-esteem. One is oversimplifying what self-esteem requires and catering to people's hunger for quick fixes and effortless solutions. Hashtag millennials. We love immediate gratification. And I mean, I am one of those people. You might not be. And if so, I'm jealous. 
And the other is people's hunger. Uh, okay, quick. The other is the concept of fatalism. And I'll look that up because I was like, what does that mean? And it just means that people assume their destiny is predetermined. Like, well, this is the way I am and I can't change. That You can't change with that attitude, you piece of shit. Wait, I want to make that the title. You can't change with that attitude. I think that's going to be the title. But uh, it really, it, just, it, it, it almost it destroys my insides when somebody's like, well, I am who I am. But you're not, though. How do you not see that if you're not happy, there are other ways? Um, the concept of fatalism, which means your destiny is predetermined and there isn't much you can do about the hand you were dealt. Both views obstruct our vision of what is possible because y'all, anything's possible, okay? Most people underestimate their ability, these are quotes from him, underestimate their ability to grow and they don't see how many choices actually exist. And the belief that you are powerful ultimately becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of poop. I did that part. I did that part. I added the poop part. And so he says this, this book, he calls it a program, is for everyone who wishes to participate actively in the process of their own evolution and those responsible for the culture of organizations. This program is about what is possible or this book is about what is possible. That is such uh, oh, I love the way that is that phrase is expressed. This book is for everyone who wishes to participate actively in the process of their own evolution. That is some powerful shit, my friends. It's easy to run from it because it doesn't feel good. And one of the things I, oh, this is one of the things I said on Mark Groves' podcast. I really wish at the beginning of all the self-exploration that I've done over the years, like at the very top of it, when I thought, everything's fine, I'm fine, shut up. When I was like that, but I, I really thought I was fine. And then cue, you know, five years of misery. I wish someone would have said, looking inside yourself is not fun. It's not easy and it hurts. Because I like knowing what to expect. And unfortunately in life, you, you really can't a lot of times. However, unless you buy the book, what to expect when you're expecting, when you're expecting a baby. That's like literally what it is. But, and even then, anything could be thrown in a wrench in it. You know what I mean? But, oh, Boy. It is, it, it, it's easy to run from this process if, it, if, it, if uncomfortable feelings, you don't want to, you have no tolerance for them. But the, the, it's not that you don't have tolerance for them, it's that you don't want to have tolerance for them because having tolerance for uncomfortable feelings fucking blows at first. It fucking blows. And he says, by self-esteem, I mean much more than that innate sense of self-worth that presumably is our human birthright, that spark that psychotherapists and teachers seek to fan in those they work with. That spark is only the anteroom to self-esteem. And then I had to pause the audiobook and go, what the hell's anteroom? I didn't know that. It basically means waiting room. Self-esteem is the confidence in our ability to think, confidence in our ability to cope with the basic challenges of life, and confidence in our rights to be successful and happy. Oh, man, so many issues I, I, I witness in my friends and my family and, and just day-to-day -day life, people who write me. I can pinpoint a lot of people's issues now because I understand my own. A lot of them stem from this belief that so many people have this belief that they don't deserve good things. You deserve nice things. But your actions also have to be in accordance with your self-esteem. So if you're a piece of shit being racist, being sexist, you don't deserve nice things yet because you haven't done the fucking work. To trust one's mind, this is a quote from him, to trust one's mind and to know that one is worthy of happiness is the essence of self-esteem. 
If I trust my mind and judgment, I am more likely to operate as a thinking being, bringing appropriate awareness to my activities. My life works better. And appropriate awareness, that could be a slippery slope if you love having a pity party for yourself and turn that into shame because being aware is a great thing, but what you do with that awareness really dictates how great or bad of a thing it is because if you are aware and then you shit on yourself and just go to like a shame spiral, what the fuck good are you? Come on, that's not going to help. And I understand going through that and having those motions, you know, for momentarily, right? The other day, I was supposed to hang out with a friend that I hadn't seen in a while. And I, I, I texted her. She texted me. I forget. And she was like, oh, I'm actually having a few people over my apartment. If you want to come. And I was like, yes, I'm so excited because I love this person. And uh, uh, the night before, I was like, what can I bring? And she was like, I don't know, bring White Claw. And I was like, cool, I'm so excited. And then right before I was going to leave, she texted me. The, one of the things I love about this friend is she's not afraid of bad news. The way and, and why I love that about her is because I am or I have a history of, of doing that. Like, I don't want to tell someone something that's going to make them sad, even if it's not personal. But she was like, hey, I, I basically she invited too many people and she really wants to be safe about it. And so, uh, you know, let's figure out another time to hang. But there was a second where I was like, oh, OK, you don't want you're uninvited me to your party. OK, I'm just going to go to the river with my white cloth and drown in them. Like there was a second where I needed to feel bad for myself. And then I laughed at myself for how like silly it sounded in my head. And then I like, you know, but because I really do have a healthy sense of of self-esteem now, I can allow myself to dip into that little pity party uh, pattern that I used to really bask in for days and and go, okay, and then laugh at it and go, Christina, stop. Let's let's evaluate the situation really for what it is. Your friend who you respect for not being afraid to tell people things that aren't exactly great. Like she didn't feel comfortable and she realized it and she told you because she knew you could handle it. And that's respect, my friend. So it was just funny, a little turn I had to do. But because the the other thing is, um, you know, doing all this work on yourself, whatever the scope may be, you're going to say the thing is you have panic attacks or whatever. You have meltdowns. You scream at people. I don't know. And then you do all this work and it's painful and you do a deep dive and then you go like months without having a meltdown. But then all of a sudden you have a meltdown again. That is not you going back to square one at all. So don't be defeated about that. That's of course that's going to come up. Because your brain carved its neural pathway since you was a baby, okay? Give it a second to carve a new one. And if I distrust my mind, quote from Nathaniel, I am more likely, oh, if I distrust my mind, I am more likely to be mentally passive. I like that quote too. Because I'm like, y'all, sit in the driver's seat of this vehicle called your life. Don't put it in cruise control. Be present. It's not going to be fun at first if you're not used to it. So those that's a little taste of Nathaniel Brandon's six pillars of self-esteem. But I'm going to get into, and I'll do the first pillar next week. I was going to do more of a longer episode on it, but I was like, I didn't buy the books for people yet. So I don't want to, I want to wait. Okay. Trying to be impeccable with my word, y'all. But I'm also trying to not shame myself for not understanding how much time I really have. Guys, thanks so much for being here with me. I really appreciate it. If you like the podcast, rate it on iTunes and review it because that's how other people can find it. 
And uh, I'm proud of you for not killing yourself. I think that's um, to be alive is can be scary and terrible at times. But this too shall pass. Even the good stuff, which, you know, is like. Wah, wah. But uh, we got this, guys. We're in this. And the, do the best you can. As often as you can. That's my words of wisdom to y'all. That's not from Nathaniel Brandon. That's from my ass. I'm sure that's a quote that's been said exactly like that by philosophers or whatever. But um, I love you. Don't kill yourself. I hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. I suggest we learn to love ourselves before it's made illegal. When will we learn? When will we change? Just in time to